Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. Hello, Gabe. There you are, Chris. I cannot believe it actually worked seamlessly this time. It's it amazing. worked on the first, the first try, yeah. uh, which is... It's really uh, it's definitely the first time that's ever happened. Definitely the first time that's ever happened. Um, yeah, we'll we'll let folks um, stream on in. If you guys want to share this that this is happening, we'd appreciate it. Um, we were going to have a special guest, and unfortunately, they uh, weren't, weren't able to join us, which which is a little bummer. Kind of, we won't say who it is, but it was it would have been someone you, you I think people would have been excited to hear from. Yeah, we're gonna um, we're gonna have a few weeks kind of, to talk about this stuff, so maybe they can join us. We're gonna have a few time. <laughs> We we've had so many folks talk to us about you know um, having a spaces. We wanted to make sure we had opportunities for folks to jump in and talk and react. And, um, I thought by now we'd have sort of an official, Hey, here's what's going on here. Um, of course we are talking about the retirement of Supreme court justice, Stephen Breyer. Um, <laughs> and Barry, and, Barry Bonds uh, just not being into the hall of fame. It's actually- Barry Bonds, not making the final four as well. All huge choice. No, of course we're talking about the end of the Chris Mack era. Chris, I think a lot of folks, you know, judging by the stats, I think a lot of folks already kind of listened to our podcast. I was up at like watching this Arizona UCLA game at like 1am. Yeah. And by then there was like, um, uh, there was like thirty or forty people that were kind of kind of still in there, which is uh, that that had had listened, which I thought that was pretty funny. So yes, this is uh, this is us talking, but also want to hear from you. So uh, if you want, you guys want to start queuing in um, to uh, to to have your say. It was sort of a, kind of a sound off type of situation. We want to hear from the fans. We want to hear from anything. Uh, Chris, is anything in the last 12 hours since we talked changed for you? You know, we've seen a few people suggest a few things. We've seen Pat Forty come out with stuff or Crawford come out with stuff. Um, I want to hear what, what's changed for you, if anything. Well, you know what I've been thinking about a lot this morning is this was – we did podcasts on this actually very thing. And we probably should have been a lot more heavy-handed at the time, but we weren't. Um, I'm thinking back to two years ago after the North Carolina loss at home and all the fanfare that led up to it, the Muhammad Ali marketing, um, things of that nature. It was a very, very hyped-up game. Um, It felt like it was Mm -hmm. kind of the first big, really premier game of the Chris Mack era. I think they had the home win against Michigan State that year. Um, And this was kind kind of the follow up to it. And I'm thinking about how that week after that loss that Chris Mack had publicly stated how uncomfortable he felt about the hype surrounding that game and how at that very moment that should include everyone in that the job at the University of Louisville was too big for Chris Mack. That's a great point. I actually found myself thinking about that a little bit this morning. Um, I remember it was just like, excuse me, there was like a ton of, he had done so much in social media before that. Like it was all about the, you know, all this had come out and then they lose that game and he's just like, yeah, no more, no more social media. We got too into the promo of this, which was really funny. Cause like that was what Rick Pitino was about. I mean, like, I, I, like there barely was a Twitter presence for the basketball team mm-hmm. before Chris Mack took over, if I recall correctly. Yeah. That they was changed. something that kind of came with Chris Mack, right? 
they yeah they changed the name to i think like it was just kind of this weird little account and then they changed the name to like louisville basketball or louisville MB, mbb what it is now and we were like oh yeah i i very i i have to go back and look at my tweets from that time i was like oh yeah this is great they're finally embracing social media you know something that of course other programs have done a really really good job of duke kentucky unc etc cetera, etc cetera. and i was like oh we're finally embracing this and so that's like the first opportunity and it like really fell on his face. Yeah, it's, it's weird very- because <laughs> this was a there's there's things going forward, like just odd little things that I have questions about, like Louisville Live. Does that continue? Mm-hmm. And and stuff like that. And this was a guy who brought on a lot of that stuff, welcomed it. And then his first real embraced like, it. That was probably his first real like, God damn, this sucks from the fan base because <laughs> that that game they never really were competitive and there was a ton of hype for that game and really they were down double digits for the most of it. And it was just really odd for him to come out after that game and suggest that the hype um, kind of <laughs> left them unfocused for, for the task at hand. But, you know, I've been thinking a lot about just – the things that have happened, the big wins, um, the losses. And that was one that's really stuck with me is that, man, we should have known right there. We, we talked, we talked last night at length, um, yeah. that it felt like in times here with Chris Mack, that he kind of got out of his element, um, in a right, recruiting right. standpoint, uh, just kind of what he was trying to do. And I don't know. Um, that almost feels like another reminder of that. Like no, my, guy was, my guy was going after totally different dudes at Louisville than he was at Xavier. And he really didn't need to do that. That was our overall point last night. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, the a hundred percent, the point, a hundred percent. It was, it was super weird. It was, um, which I don't know. It's funny. Cause I think he, if I recall, I went back and read the, uh, the, 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 like the introductory press conference write-ups from a few folks, um, this morning and I I saw a lot of folks mentioned that he was talking about recruiting nationally, but also like recruiting regionally. So I think like, even like at when he got hired, he was just like, yeah, I'm going to try and get national people, but I'm still going to kind of stick to the regional point of view. And people kind of like, Oh, that's probably a good idea. He's never really recruited five-star recruits before. So at least he's going to like kind of continue to recruit the, the, the area kind of first and foremost, which, but then he just ended up like outside of David Johnson, who uh, you know, was always probably going to come to Louisville. He didn't really do a ton. I, I mean, I guess you could say Davis. Yeah, I mean, they, Davis and, well, I think they, I think they sought after kind of five star guys, and then they missed on them. Right, and they were right. left scrambling a little bit. That was a lot of the case, um, kind of throughout his tenure. That's, I mean, the latest example is Jarrett West being at Louisville when they were really going after Marcus Carr, missed him, and probably missed some other guys in between. Because they put so much energy towards that guy, and that and that Marcus Carr is like a totally good example of a guy that Mac never recruited at Xavier, and really a guy who's never been at Louisville. Like, it never never really would fit with with the mold of a Louisville mm-hmm. basketball player. Um, those are the things kind of in my head. Of I, I do think that the the nail in the coffin and what I'll remember the most about the Chris Mack era is that he never really felt comfortable at the university of Louisville. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it, it is increasingly obvious moving forward. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, as I mentioned, definitely want to have folks hop on. We've got someone who requested deep on you. We, we can bring him up unless you got anything before that, Chris. Oh, he jumped down JK. 
<laughs> Maybe not. If somebody wants to, if somebody wants to come talk and and I yeah, and otherwise I'll... we'll just we'll just keep like pontificating <laughs> about some of the other stuff because I got plenty of thoughts. Please, I mean, please I, continue. I, I can I can kind of go on this all day. What is was there a moment in the last four years that you can pinpoint that said? Maybe Chris Mack isn't the guy. Was it the was the the, the twenty three point comeback from Duke um, at home, losing that game? Was it what was it for you? Because uh, so many people, you know, are all saying, "Oh man, this happened so fast." It seemed like there was a lot of energy beginning this year, but it's not. Let's not act like there weren't symptoms of questionings in your head of him being the wrong choice, right? I'm I mean, was, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was as much a. Sp- specific individual moment but to me a huge orange flag like not quite red was um the constant misses on freshman point on 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 getting a point guard here the the consistent over and over and over and we talked a little bit about it last night you know losing Kayla losing DJ Stewart Devin Askew uh, we every April there was two or three guys that are like oh they've really gotten in early on this person they've really they've really Zion Harmon George Washington the third like it, it became it they fell over themselves over and over and over and over and it was super super weird. And I think it was probably I have to I would have to go back and look at look at which ones, but I think it was like two two seasons in. It was um, the second class after the Super Six or or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, that I, was that was the one for me, and I was like, why? What what's happened that he can't figure this out? You yeah, know? I mean, I, I I think mine kind of falls. I see we got a request, and we'll get to it real soon. Um, I, I think mine kind of falls in the same type of way. Uh, pretty much the entirety of the David Johnson uh, tenure uh, uh, being at Mobile, not starting him um, early in his career, it taking a just brilliant performance at Duke for my man to see the floor and playing one minute at Kentucky when you had an obvious talent on your bench. That said a lot of things because it, it talked about you know, talent evaluation, which is something we, we harked on the entire time. But then it created this kind of thing locally to where David Johnson's people talk to other people around the university. And they're they're looking at Chris Mack like, hey, man, this guy was going to be a first rounder. And he he kind of fell out of the draft. You sure you want to go and, and trust Chris Mack? I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a reason mm-hmm. why Mason Faulkner ended up on the team. Right. But there's a reason why my guy was trying to go to Colorado because there were some uncertainties there. And that, that for me, uh, the entire way that that kind of went down is, is what sent up probably the first red flag. That, that makes, I, that makes sense. I, I think the guy's really, really talented and hasn't shown just yet in the NBA. I, I do think it will, but to not get more out of him being at mobile is a huge, huge failure to me. Completely agree. I, I want to really quickly because we have the I have the uh, the twenty it's twenty twenty before we get I think is uh, Louisville was up first we'll, 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 we'll pop you right back up um, I want to go over this twenty twenty misses the list of misses that Chris Mack had in twenty twenty in the point guard position alone Caleb Love Christian Lander Devin Askew Andre Corbello Davon Smith who went to Mississippi State Cam Hayes who went to NC State 
shooting guard. He was in on Terrence Clark. He was in on Adam Miller, on Earl Timberlake. Of course, they ended up with Jay Scrub, which they didn't end up with. Um, yeah. Other yeah, Puff Johnson and a small forward that they were that they were super in on. Josh Hall ended up going professional. That that guy was like coming here, if I recall. Jamin Brakefield at the four. Um, the J, other, the Jay Scrub one's a, a good a good uh, a good call out because I think in some other situations my guy would have played in college. Yeah, that's a good that's a good uh, a good part. Namari Burnett, Namari Burnett, DJ Stewart. RJ Davis, I remember they were in on just like there was like 15 guys. I remember like, oh, this is like pro- this might happen or this is really going to happen. And then it just did it. So, yeah, just wanted to roll that out. But the the the, the DJ part, 100 percent, just never figuring that out was super weird. Um, let's bring up uh, at cards MBB real quick. Hey, you should be good to go. What's up? I think it's still connecting, so it'll take a second. I see it oh, loading okay. and circling, circling. It's, circling it's not circling for me. It says you says you're up. That's weird. No, no. Your mic could be muted as well. That's all. Okay, about. okay. Future the jump down. We will bring you. We'll bring up Beach next. Um, but but if cards in BB, if you you give it a shot, we'll, we'll bring you back up right after that. Beach, unmute. You should be good. What's up, guys? Can you hear me? There. Yeah, we can hear you. How's it going? Yes, sir. Man, I loved Mac when he was hired. I thought he was going to be a great coach. I thought he was going to be the coach for Louisville for many years. I loved his attitude. But as as soon as he started coaching in-game and it became painfully apparent that he has no idea how to substitute or find the hot hand on the bench, I knew that his time was going to be limited here. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it was- this year, I, I think this year is a great example of that. The, oh, we screamed and yelled after Florida State about the substitution patterns. My goodness, they, they made absolutely no sense. Yeah, and, and he left guys on the bench. I mean, the, the this year alone, the the problem with J.J. Trainer of not playing, seeing the floor after having such a good year last year, and having no player development and the coaches kind of blaming trainer. It's just, I, I don't get it. I, I like the guy. I wish he'd have done well, but I'm ready to see who the next coach is going to be. Thanks guys. Well, hey, wait, I want to hear from you. You're, uh, what you're, what you're looking for? Anyone specifically you're you're interested in, or what you might be looking for? Definitely want to want to get that from everyone. I today. want Andy Enfield, or okay, the, uh, what's the Oklahoma State coach? Boynton. Boynton. Yep. I would like Enfield or Boynton. If I can't have any either of those, hell, let's let's bring Rick back. <laughs> that's that's, that's going to be a common refrain from a lot of people. I understand. Is, um, is, thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Cool. No, he did, he did hit on a. Uh, go ahead if you had a comment. No, on no, that. you go I ahead. Something you go I want to jump on. Please. He did hit on the the JJ Trainer thing, and I, I think that is fascinating because not necessarily because of the talent that JJ trainer has, but it falls in line with the David Johnson stuff. This is a problem that Cal is kind of running into at Kentucky. Um, Maybe it's for good reason. Maybe for not, I mean, I see some of the guys they have playing and I probably wouldn't play some of the guys on the bench over him. So I agree with him, but (laughs) in some, in some ways you have to 
maybe not cater to the local kids, but you have to give them just a fair shot as you would other. I I think that Mac has been very shown some favoritism to a lot of players. I mean, the amount of run that Malik Williams has gotten the last few weeks to me, is just a little ridiculous. Like yeah. when you see, when you see what's on the bench, Sidney Curry playing nine minutes against Virginia, when he was clearly dare I say it, the best scorer on the floor. I mean, damn near close. <laughs> um, so things like that, showing favoritism to seniors because maybe there's promise playing time. You know, the insistence to give Noah Locke 30 minutes, regardless of how he's playing. I think he's probably the best scorer on the team, but he also can be really erratic at times. Stuff like that, I, I think about a lot with Mac. Yeah, it's it's it. The, you know, we've talked we've talked plenty about JJ Trainer um, and and how much. Um, you know how much we 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 wanted we want more from i don't know what this changes for him you know i i would have to imagine he sees the floor a little bit more i mean it's not like there's there's lower he can go um but i I would love to see him get some you know get some shine get some time and and kind of figure things out i i I don't know i I mean it's it's funny because I, i i think we're all kind of guessing um that mike pigis is going to take over um i don't yeah. know i don't know how how this situation changes how he looks at things um it does seem to be a little bit of momentum and pack the yum on saturday i don't know it's due no i do think i mean i i think that louisville fans will show out um i don't know it's saturday i don't know when the Bengals play uh, that was kind of weird last that's on weekend. sunday that the, that's on sunday right? uh, it, it is on sunday cool yeah so both games are sunday issue. That won't be an issue at all. Um, last weekend, it was a major issue, obviously, because it was 30 minutes after the uh, Notre Dame game. And they still had a pretty good crowd um, last weekend, probably the best crowd of the season. I do think there will be a good crowd there this weekend, for sure. Um, Bowl fans are are fickle, obviously, but they do a pretty good job of supporting their team when they need it the most. <laughs> yeah, it was great to see. Um, it was great to see Paget put his statement out, you know, kind of, uh, Hey, like support the team even still, uh, you know, um, but, you know, love, love hearing it from him. And, and obviously he was in a similar situation and, you know, didn't, you know, didn't work out, but you know, that was a fun year. And I think fans really showed like, even the, I went to a couple of those NIT games and, and dude, it was, it was fun. There was, there were some dudes, some, some folks down there. It wasn't, it wasn't the usual kind of wine and cheese, uh, you know, corporate <laughs> folks down there. It was first come, first serve type of situation. We'll go, and, we'll go um, 40, 45 minutes off the Yum Center, the atmosphere it's created, um, because that that's where that conversation leads us to, obviously. <laughs> um, you asked me at the beginning, anything new that's changed your mind, that's come to mind in the last 14 hours, anything new on the coaches um, that you, you kind of want here? I've obviously went on my rant about Mike Boyden. I appreciate someone else call, uh, calling in and saying that. I appreciate our guy Soli putting Soli his name said out it, there. Man. That Mo- warmed my heart. Momentum. Uh, give, give the people, give the people like a 30 second. I, I think we did it two pods ago, but give, but you know, some of the folks here, give, give them, uh, give them a 30 second. Why Mike Boyden? What, what, what's, uh, what, what, what would he add and what would it bring? Great recruiter, great charisma, Great motivator. Questions about his resume as a coach, but you don't worry about that as much if you put good assistance around him. Right. In the new age of college basketball, 
you're going to have to look at things a little bit differently than you do now. And my main talking point throughout all of this is a recruiter, 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 recruiter. That's what you want. I mean, it's, it's a new game. I don't, all this stuff about Louisville being handcuffed or they, they have, they can't hire any guy that has any type of inkling of any NCAA issues. is just bogus to me. It's ridiculous. Like Louisville's bed with the NCAA is made. Nobody coming here is going to make that any worse. And then going forward, I mean, what rules are going to be broken? Mm-hmm. Let's be real. So, I mean, I absolutely love Mike Boynton, but that goes for anyone. I don't think Louisville can put themselves at a disadvantage more than they already have in the last few years by trying to be absolutely squeaky clean and, you know, six game suspensions for Chris Mack, things of that nature. You've got to start leaving some of that stuff in the past a little bit. I mean, I'm not suggesting that Louisville just needs to go back to who they were because that's never good. But I'm also not going to live in the reality that any NCAA basketball program at a major level is not going to commit any rule violations. Like, that's just silly. So I think the focus should be on hiring the best candidate. And for me, that's, that's the best recruiter that's available. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I, I, I definitely can agree to the NCAA stuff. I don't, I think some folks are probably going to have thoughts about, um, uh, Bruce Pearl. Um, and I'm sure that name will be brought up. I, 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 you know, we we can talk about when it comes to, but I completely agree that on the NCAA part, like at some, at some point to me, the, the issue with like people who have like scandalous past is far less about the NCAA and far more about the, the PR end of it, which is super lame, but that's just, that's just who I am. I don't know. It's marketing and PR person. It's just, uh, it, I, that, that does kind of matter to me. I don't know. I think there's a difference between someone like Kelvin Sampson, who he was in, got in trouble for having a barbecue. And then Bruce Pearl, who probably lied to the NCAA. I don't know. No, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. And I think what's important with this hire to maybe a lesser extent is the person being well-liked just by the fan base. Right. I never thought Mac was, but you never really know how much of that was him simply not being Rick Pitino or mm-hmm. him being actually who he was. It's kind of hard to figure that out. I do think there would be a certain degree with that. If they really were to be serious about going to get Bruce Pearl, there's definitely going to be, you know, 20, 25% of the fan base is going to say, you know, fuck that guy. Um, and, and, and <laughs> I don't know if you can afford sure. to do that this go around. I just, I just, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's a good, that's a good discussion for sure. Let's bring up, uh, let's bring up beach. Um, beach unmute should be good. Hey, on that same token, can we stop as the university of Louisville? Can we stop placing lessened expectations on our basketball team because I think we fell down a slippery slope by saying Chris Mack has four years to get it right before the NCAA comes out. And then we all (laughs) accepted shit basketball for three years and it was terrible and nobody liked it and nobody was excited about it, but we had our coach and we kept saying, wait till it's over, wait till it's over. While all these other teams like LSU are flouting the rules, Auburn, Bruce Pearl, love him, but shit, he was in the middle of it too. He's doing great things, number one team in the country, while Louisville is now not ranked number 300 in the country, and we're still waiting on our better day for the NCAA to get over. I don't think that's the correct standard for Louisville basketball. That's all I got to say. Sorry. No, I think I think it's fair. What's what's really quick? What's your what is your standard for Louisville basketball? Just just I, I, 
I expect a team that it can be in the top four every season. I don't see a reason okay. why a, a top four of the conference, not of the country, top four of the conference every year. I don't see a problem with Louisville having a pipeline of guys coming in. Uh, this is this is crazy. We're a blue bud, but we're acting like a mid-major that just got to the big dance. We deserve better. Our standards should be higher because we are Louisville. And people can say, oh, you're Louisville. Who cares? But we are Louisville. We are a top seven program in the country. And it's time we ought to start acting like it. That makes sense. Any any particular potential hires you're interested in or something you're looking for? Oh, I, I gave my list a minute ago because I've already jumped in. But I think we need somebody who has a bigger-than-life personality that can fill the vacuum that Rick left because Chris, Chris Mack that makes was sense. quiet and he was uh, – it was reserved, and that did not play well in Louisville because the rumors start – when coaches don't talk, rumors start flowing. And we need a big, yeah. boisterous coach, and we need the locker room opened again so we can get to know our players. That makes sense. And, go ahead. Go ahead, guys. I, I mean, I think we're kind of kidding ourselves. We talked a little bit about this last night, but – for whatever reason, Chris Mack kept his circle of people that he spoke with very, very small. Um, when Rick was here, there was always something leaking out um, because he talked to people. And I, I think you're kidding yourself if you if you don't think that the that the new coach needs to kind of make nice with the local media. That's a part of this gig just as much as anything else. Other than Sully. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know you guys love him. My God, he's old. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's fair enough. It's it's a it's a kind of a, a love hate relationship, um, but it is what it is. Uh, thanks a thanks, lot. Guys. Appreciate it, Beach. Um, no, that all that all makes sense to me. I, I, I you know, like you said last night, the the media is a part of this, and um, I think. Um, I don't know. I don't. I'm sure this is more difficult situation, but I, I think is it one thing that was super interesting that I didn't I didn't mention in on that com- part of our conversation last time was that the Courier Journal. You know, they had um, they had quite a few folks. Kind of, I think they had four different people cover Louisville basketball during the time that Chris Mack was here. You know, uh, Jeff Greer, Daniel Lerner, and then I'm, I'm forgetting who took over uh, who who was who was the last person before this previous season i don't before the the new guy took over i don't remember her I'm name i'm really i'm really annoyed that i'm forgetting that too she covered chris mack and xavier but that was what i was about to say it felt like that was like a move by the courier journal was like okay we really want someone who knows chris mack who knows xavier maybe can be a little more comfortable i'm 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 completely man, that's I'm, a re- that's a really good point i know you're I, completely spitballing here but i'm that's completely not spitballing theory. and it was just and then it just it still didn't work out it still it was still obvious that he wasn't going to open up and and there were other things that happened that was a covid year of course so um it is what it is, but uh, I think that was super fascinating to me um, when that happened. I was like, okay, they clearly have an idea. Let's bring in the Xavier person. Shannon, Shannon Russell. Shannon Russell, my mistake. And Shannon, you know, I think Shannon did what she could, but I think just, you know, I think COVID was a big part of it. But, you know, Chris Mack wasn't going to open up. He wasn't going to he wasn't going to open the doors. He wasn't going to ingratiate himself to the media, even though he knew this person. And um it's weird. I don't really know what else he would have wanted. It just, it, it's another one of those that wasn't a good fit type of situations, but I, I, I just was spitballing and thinking about it. And I, th- I think that's important to know. I don't know. Cool. Let's bring wow. up, uh, I think Charlie. 
Charlie should be good. I, I think there's an interesting element of this as well in terms of uh, as it relates to the ACC, right? We aren't totally sure exactly what Hubert Davis is going to be at UNC. Coach K is leaving. There is sort of this uh, opening here where if Louisville does make a home run higher, you know, we are back into, you know, the sort of the premier ACC program. And I, I do think that uh, whether or not that is a, a part of this decision outside of just Mac, you know, losing all these games. I do think that uh, it does actually put us in a pretty solid position, you know, as long as we get this higher right. No, I think that makes sense. I think that's a great point. I, I think I mentioned it two episodes ago. Louisville is getting a weirdly interesting opportunity in which you're getting two bites of the apple of the next generation of, of great coaches. And that's like, that's something that, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with what Chris said last night that, you know, this job is kind of more marketable in a different kind of way because you're not following Rick Pitino's footsteps. Um, but I, I, I really, I, I, I really struggle to understand anyone. Um, I think people who say that Louisville has kind of fallen down a few steps or a few rungs often has an ulterior motive. Either they're a Kentucky fan is, is trying to be whatever, or they're just, they have an issue or something with us. Um, because, you know, and, and it, with the NCAA stuff out of the out of the way, which it will be 100 percent, you know, in some way, shape or form in the next 18 to 24 months, you, you know, we can talk about to what level that is. This job is still a top seven, top, you know, top six. You know, some people put top five job. And I think not having, you know, what Chris was, uh, you know, really astute in his observation that not having Rick be the person that follows Rick Patino is is really super ideal. And we're 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 going to have an opportunity to find the next shirt. Sure, we're not going back to back to back Hall of Fame coaches, but I think you know you're going to have a different opportunity to really find the next person, which I'm kind of super excited about. Sorry, I talked for a while. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> I was going to say, to your point um, about there being a window, there is a definite change that the guard happened. And Jim Baham's going to be gone. Coach K is going to be gone. Um, you know, even some of the, the established coaches that really haven't done a lot, even Mike Young at Virginia Tech, isn't exactly the youngest guy. So to me, I kind of look at that, and that makes me want for Louisville to be a little bit more bold. Because if you go after a guy like Chris Holtman, I feel like you exactly know what you're getting. I, I, I think it's a low ceiling, low or high floor, low ceiling. Um, a, a guy who's going to get to the NCAA tournament, but not really do much beyond that. But if you really are a little bold and you hit big, you hit big for a long time because there's just not going to be many sure things around there for some of these, these schools to replace. I mean, even Kentucky eventually is going to run into this problem when it comes to replacing Cal. There isn't going to be the one shining person that they want to hire. They may have thought it was going to be Chris Beard. Things aren't going really well um, for him at Texas right now. You know, so it's going to be a question a lot of places are going to be asking themselves. But, yeah, if you hit, you, you're really going to be put in an advantage for sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. Charlie, any any initial, any favorites for you? Any folks that, that you're looking at or, or attributes you want out of the next coach? You know, I think Chris makes a lot of, makes sense when he talks about how we can't, you know, 
if we continue to sort of uh, cut off our nose despite our face, a la Bruce Pearl, we're never going to get anywhere. I just personally have a hard time. Maybe I'm viewing it through the PR lens, too. I just don't see the university doing it because why would you just bring that upon yourself? I just mm-hmm. personally don't see it. But I am in a in a, a moment of darkness beginning to talk myself back into Patino, man, because it's oh, like, no. if we're if we're if we're going to go that way, if we're going to say, fuck it, if we're going to say fuck it to to all of it why not just you know go full throttle oh that makes i mean i had a, a similar a friend say similar chris chris any thought i saw you were gonna unmute no i mean i i'm not gonna drag anyone's opinion for feeling that way i understand why they feel that way um i you know i don't think it's realistic Rubitino is also 70 years old um I, despite him tweeting today that he had 20 years left in coaching which was very very funny and very nicely timed um for him to tweet that i get that i get that um you know i get that feeling but there isn't always a guarantee that it's going to work the second time um so you know i think Rubitino is probably what, top three coaches still coaching today right um, it would be it would be cool but there are a lot of other stuff away from the basketball court that he would have to overcome to actually make it a successful, you know, tenure here. So I don't know. Um, I, I, I totally understand the fan base still in that way though. There's no doubt about that. Anything else, Charlie, any, any other thoughts? No, thanks guys. I appreciate it. Y'all no, anytime, man. Appreciate, appreciate you hopping in. Uh, Chris, really quick. Uh, some, I don't know if you changed your mic or something. It kind of like sounds like you're kind of like talking in a, like a, in a shower or something just to give That's you a heads weird. up. Does it sound any, sound any better now? No, no, I don't know what it is. It might just be me. I, if, if it's try, for other. I'll try to fix it. Okay. Fix we'll bring JG go, up. Go ahead and bring him on and I'm, I'm going to mute real quick. Yeah, cool. JG unmute. You should be good. How's it going? Oh no, JG. Still cannot hear you, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. I apologize. We'll keep you up, JG, if you want to figure it out. I'll bring up Brian. Uh, that way you don't have to hop down, JG. But Brian. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, so How's it going? You know, fabulously. This uh it's been listen, <laughs> it's been fun listening to you guys. A little intimidating because this isn't really my go-to style to come off mute and, and speak. So, no, I yeah. appreciate you then, Brian. Thanks for <laughs> yeah, having me. Yeah, no worries. So bear with me. Uh, a couple Please. of things is I, uh, lifelong U of L fan, a season ticket holder, football. I live in Flyer Mountain, Texas. I live down in, in the Dallas area. So, and up here, I came up for the the, Jer- the Jersey retirement last Saturday. So, which you know, yeah, wow. which is really fabulous. So. I'll give some thoughts on, uh, I think, the Mac piece, and then I'm going to give some uh, some thoughts. Please, uh, please. Some thoughts on the next coach. One of the things that surprised me, and, and, and I'm not close enough to the program to know the inner workings, and, and uh, I mean, I, as, a, as a fan, you know, I can see substitution patterns and scratch my head, but that I, I watched his Xavier teams, that gritty, tough, I'm going to kick your ass, literally come to blows in the same, in, in the Cincinnati rival game. I'd, 
I don't know why that never translated here. Now, uh, I think I think part of him coming here and part of us recruiting him to come here was it was almost the anti Patino, right? We we probably were going after and saying, okay, what you know, what do, what do we we bring in? But you know that that grittiness never translated here at U of L, and I, I just don't know why. Now, uh, you know, I'm a lifelong fan, and I'm talking about uh, 1980, 1986, so I know the style of basketball we played, and maybe it was just that wasn't going to work here, but uh, that's the, I think that's one piece that I would, uh, the comment I would make is in his four years, I never saw that, you know, I mean, I saw under Pegues in five games, I saw it, but I didn't see it under Mike really in, in, in a lot of years. Uh, the second piece is I think relative to the second, the next coach. And what I'll tell um, Gabe, you and Chris is that I'm not, in that camp that we need that that balls on recruiter, right? And we just hung the jersey of a two star guy nobody had ever heard of, and 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 certainly, you know, we celebrate Rick. He brought in a share of five star guys. You know, brought in Shane, VJ. Some of those were successful. Some of those weren't. But give me a really good X's and O's guy, like somebody. One thing I adored about Rick is. In game, didn't matter. He was coaching, right? One of my problems with Coach Mack has been you call timeout. First of all, if you call timeout after a 16-0 run by the other team, you know you, you huddle with, you huddle <laughs> with your assistant coaches. You know, Rick yeah. met his team on the <laughs> Rick met his team on the on the fucking basketball court. You know? <laughs> he was in somebody's ass even before the team. You know, so like. I, m- m- you you never really felt like you were out of the game. No, ever. It, and you never you never really felt like you were in the game yeah. with Mac once there was a big deficit. Who, Coach Mac, who you what are you talking to your assistants about? So so anyway, I, I, let me put a pin in this, and I'll let you, somebody else talk. But but again, I, get a big recruiter, great. You can have somebody like a you know, and, and I'm not using Calipari as, as as an option. I'm saying somebody in that recruiting mold, or but I'm more, give me Scotty Drew down at Baylor. Um, you know, I think uh, I think he would be very interesting. I Brad Underwood at Illinois. Uh, I, I think there are guys out mm-hmm. there that that are X's and O's guys, and giving them the Louisville platform would make them would, would help them get you know better recruits so um i mean if, if it's pearl it's pearl if it's candy it's candy it, you know hashtag go cards i'm all in but i i think we ought to broaden our search i think we i think we make phone calls to mick cronin i i'm just i would just want to i just would want to make sure let's broaden our search and let's not do, be too myopic in in, in our Definitely. thinking thanks yeah. you guys for letting me talk no that was awesome thanks brad you appreciate you I, I, you know, I think in the in the in the in the context of let's make this search as broad as possible. I think that's, you know, I I hundred percent agree with that. I, I, this 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 is by no means needs to be the. There's been an anointed one. I don't want to hear. You know, we'll definitely yeah, hear some. I, I, I don't want that. I don't want a Jeff Brown with this coaching serve. I, I want the fan base to be open as a whole to a lot of candidates because there are a lot of options out there for sure. Yeah, I want I, I, I you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm completely, completely on board with make Scott Drew say no. Make me, you know, yeah. I, I'm 100 percent. He's in my make him say no category. I mean, um, Jeff, Jeff Goodman did say this morning with with Nick Coffey to to call him. I, you know, I, I think that's an unrealistic candidate, but I did think it was noteworthy that he said it um, to his first point. Can we mention that for just a second, please? Because what was the thing that we talked about? I mean, from the beginning of the Chris Mack era, 
was where are the alpha dogs on the court? Yes. Where are the well, – we always use Montrezl Harrow as an example. There's not a lot of Montrezl Harrow's growing on trees. So I feel like that's a bit of, of a lazy example. But just in general, where are the dogs, man? That's – a guy like Two Holloway, who he had at Xavier, was what Louisville went to get Chris Mack for. Exactly. To have those guys that played with an edge. And that's the most mind-blowing thing to me is that it didn't translate here because that's what made you feel like it was a perfect match. I'll never understand that. The things, and I've, I've been telling people this for like 18 months now, the things that Louisville thought they were getting in Chris Mack are like the things that he utterly failed at here, which is just super which is, weird. Which is bizarre. His offenses, look at the offensive stats. Look at, look at, look at their Ken Palm profiles. They were great. They were solid. They, there was not the issues that Louisville has had. The toughness, it's the edge, the compete, the, the competing in every game. The you're never out of it. The 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 vibes. It just they were they were fantastic up there. And it's like it's like he stepped foot across the bridge into Kentucky, and all of that disappeared. Like I'll never understand else. it. I'll never understand it. That that's the only way I can kind of rationalize it in my head is what I talked about at the beginning. Is he tried to do something else? Felt like he needed to raise, I don't know, his standard, maybe his style when he came to the University of Louisville. Because like the biggest indictment on Chris Mack is my guy going overseas to to recruit Andy <laughs> Gahan, who can't even crack the rotation at Grand Canyon now. Like what the hell? I mean, in recruiting those type of guys when he was never really going after those type of guys at Xavier. Yeah. There was just no need for it. Man. I, I, it's it doesn't <laughs> it, it, it it's crazy to think about. I'm so interested in the postmortem from Mac and, and folks just like 10 years from now. I, I, I don't know, man. I I it's it'll be so interesting um do you think it's interesting do you think it's weird we haven't gotten like an official i thought i figured by now we'd get let's get we'd get like an official from at least someone just like uh i can confirm that there's been an agreement etc 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 it doesn't seem it, like we've gotten it that. is a little a little is a little strange but i mean we talked about it last night that there is a lot of loops that got to be cross through especially when you're dealing with the settlement more so than there would have to be with just not right firing um, there are other things that have to be accomplished. I am surprised that there hasn't been anything leaked out in what happened during the meeting um, with the players. But the board meeting is not scheduled until 4 o'clock, correct? Right. Right. I think it's at 4 p.m. Yeah. So, I mean, I, back to your point about like the Chris Mack postmortem, do you think he looks at what happened here at Louisville and says – you know, I was never going to be able to recruit the way I wanted to um, because of the NCAA stuff, and that's why I was unsuccessful. Or do you think he looks at it and says, you know, I I screwed up a lot? I'm leaning more towards I the NCAA didn't give me a good opportunity. I, I, I'm leaning more towards that than the other. But I do think there's going to be like some level, especially given, I mean, what we know so far. I mean, we talked about last night, Chris, or it, it, uh, Nick Coffey did seem to suggest that his sources were telling him it was sort of a Mac-initiated situation. 
Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, I haven't seen, I haven't heard any, any, any kind of otherwise, but you know, that could not be the case, of course. Um, I think there's going to be a level of, he just wasn't, he, he kind of knows it wasn't right for him. And, and, and I think, I think he, it'll be really interesting what kind of the next level is for him. Is he going to be, um, you know, is he going to take a year off? I, I've, I've heard some people suggest that his kids really love it here and that he might not want to leave. Which is is I mean, is absolutely he's he's looked rough as hell the last month. I hope for the sake of his mental health that he takes at least some time, yes, and, and figures some stuff out because he has not looked well. No, he's not looked he's not looked happy. Like it's like like we said, we heard people we heard him say to to he apparently was telling some of his inner circle six weeks left, eight weeks left. He was ready to. He was ready to be done. He was, he was ready to be done. Um, I see Travis uh, wants to hop up. You know, we he, he you know he always knows a lot. So definitely we'll we'll bring him up and and see what he's got. How's it going, Travis? You you unmute. You should be good, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm in here now. Um, so first thing I want to say, how is, are you doing? We talked about it the other day in the court. This was the, we were talking about fit and how we knew it wasn't going to work, and it was right under our noses the whole time. Whenever he showed up with a G-Shock watch to the Louisville Live, one thousand percent. That was huge. But I mean, we we should have saw it coming from the jump. But I'm a little bit late, so I wanted to ask you guys. I don't know if y'all have talked about it, but so for the next candidate, who what would be your all's three top non-negotiables for that candidate? Like, what would you require from them? I go first, Chris. Um, I think yeah, number number one for me is um, is charisma, kind of culture charisma. It needs to be someone that's outgoing, that's that that gets the fan base riled up. That we said last night, the, the number one thing this person is going to have to come in here and do is win the fan base back. Is win um, is win that win the press, not just win the press conference, but win the the, the first. 12 months of, of getting season ticket holders back of filling up the yum center. That's, that's super important. I think number two is probably is number two is probably uh, recruiting for me. I want someone that's going to coach and run a program like it's 2022 and not necessarily 20, you know, 2012. Um, I want someone that's, you know, head, headstrong on NIL and kind of that point of view. And then I, I, <laughs> I want someone that that's that's honestly I, I'm interested in someone that's going to be here for the long haul. So I think that kind of rules out some of the the choices. I want someone that's going to be here for at least ten years. So like that's my like my issue with Kelvin Sampson isn't necessarily like the NCAA stuff. It's that he's sixty seven. He's going to be sixty eight by the start of next season. I, I want someone that I know is going to be here for ten plus years, hopefully fifteen. And that's that's probably asking too much. And I completely get that, but I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's that's how I feel. I don't know. What do you think, Chris? I mean, we're fans. We can ask too much. It's it's, it's kind of what we do. Um, I, I think for me, like the biggest thing is I, I want a guy that doesn't really have a cap ceiling. You don't really know exactly how far he can progress in his career. I don't want a guy, like I, I keep giving the example of Chris Holtman, to kind of where I feel like I know how good he's going to be. Because I think if you do that, you're firing Chris Mack to hire Chris Mack. So I, I, I don't want that at all. Um, recruiting, to me, is the biggest thing. I have not been shy from saying that. I will take the recruiter over the X and O's guy 10 out of 10 times in 2022 because of the new world that we are living in. And then three is the same thing that gave once. I want a showman. 
I want a guy who gets the fan base going. Um, uh, uh, something that you're really going to have to do if you're coming to Louisville now um, is definitely get some of the donors to open up their pockets again. So you're going to have to have that big personality to do that. And obviously, I mean, that's good for everything. It's great for the rivalry. Um, I, I, I want that to be what it has been in the past. And I, I think that's a good starting point to help that too. So that those are probably the two biggest things, um, recruiting and just a big, bright personality for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with all of that. And then something that I haven't seen mentioned anywhere that I think is going to be a big thing for me whenever it comes to the candidates is somebody that has proven player development. Because even before Matt came to Louisville, he never developed a pro. The couple of pros he had at Xavier were already on track to be pros coming out of their uh, trajectory from high school. But there's guys like Jalen Withers who has all the tools, but like you should be able to mold him into something. I mean, just – Somebody that can – that's my thing with Mac. That's been my whole thing this whole time is why he's never gotten top-tier players is he's never developed pros, never got guys to the next level. Never yeah, played. and you've, you've been consistent on that. But I guess what I'd like to ask you is do you think it's more of a talent evaluation or do you think it's more of a development issue? I think it's a little bit of both, um, which – I mean, at Louisville, he's kind of had his hands tied with the NCAA stuff, but we can only take that so far. He's had some really good, talented players come in that should have been, like David Johnson should have got drafted higher than he was. Um, his lack of player development is why David Johnson didn't come back this year. Um, I think that it starts with his eye for talent, which isn't very good. I don't think that Mac really loves to recruit is the thing. But, I mean, that's a non-negotiable for all of us is you have to have somebody that's a good recruiter. So that's why I didn't even talk about that part. But <laughs> I, guess somebody that, I think Louisville isn't going to be the Kentuckys, the Dukes. So I don't think they're going to be a one-and-done school. But I think they can get the two-year guys, the three-year guys that, like, you see the constant development. Like, Sam's worse than – or just as bad as when he got on campus. Um, Jalen Withers yeah, is worse right? than he was last year. You have L. Ellis that has all the tools, and he hasn't got better from the start of the season. That was the entirety of our podcast last night. Travis was trying to pick the guys that have improved during the Mac era, and it's it's hard to find many. And you were talking about dogs a minute ago. You were talking about Montrose Herald. They don't even have to be a Montrose Herald, but there wasn't even a Dwayne Sutton on this team. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I just realized, you know, some folks are going to be listening to this Travis on on pod uh, and and not realizing that you're Travis Graff from um, from Cardinal Sports and and Cats Illustrated. And obviously, uh, you know, you're a Kentucky fan, but you know, if you want to put on your 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 uh, your wife's red sweater for a minute, and um, you know, who who would be the top people that you would be looking to? You know, you've got a ton of experience in in this realm and and kind of know a little bit more of the ins and outs um, than than the vast majority of folks. So, you know, who would you be looking to? Who would be your first call? And who do you think is, is potentially realistic? So through a Louisville and Kentucky lens, I would go with Bruce Pearl just because it would make the rivalry so spicy. <laughs> really? The history with him and Cal, Tennessee, Memphis. You talk about showman. He's the ultimate showman and he's never been at a basketball school. So he's never been the guy. Right. Um, but then, I mean, Kenny Payne as well. I know that that's kind of. I've realized over the past couple of days that it's really 50-50 on if the Louisville fan base wants him or not. But you talk about the best recruiter that Louisville's ever had, most consistent recruiter. 
he's um and great player development like all the big guys that have come through kentucky yeah. uh, whenever he's at oregon same thing um let me let me ask you real quick travis on that you're closer to kentucky than i think most people listening um what do you think that he would actually like really consider the job i mean isn't his son still still on the bench at uk right it's yeah i mean I don't know. I've heard that he wants the Kentucky job, but that's like secondhand. Also, he's got a really cushy NBA job where he doesn't yes. recruit. Yes. Um, he lives in New York. He's with a like one of the more premier franchises in the NBA, and he pretty much just gets to relax for a little bit while still making a lot of money. <laughs> um, but I mean, I could see where it would be really interesting to him. My biggest question mark was if he would ever go to an Adidas school. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point. It's weird for us because I think a lot of Louisville fans have really strong opinions on Kenny Payne, and I, I know I don't really have a strong opinion on him. I, I can't speak for Gabe, but I think both of us aren't really – we're not really strong either way on that, are we? Or have you been? I'm I'm – I'm coming to it. I'm I'm coming. I'm I'm coming to. I think the Knicks part of you know being a Knicks fan. How much how much folks like Randall and and quickly have said that he's been integral to their 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 growth and their development. Basically, it, Randall's basically attributed his rebirth in New York to Kenny Payne. And I, I think I, it, when we're coming off a dude who's who, who really struggled to do player development, it's it's hard for me to ignore that. I think the bigger issue. I think just I, – I, I don't know if this board is going to be on board with bringing a well, former see, my, Kentucky is, person. Go ahead, Travis. Like, he, granted, I'm not even going to include the stars that were already stars before they got to Kentucky in terms of the big men like Anthony Davis and the Marcus right. and things right. like that. But you look at a guy like P.J. Washington who his freshman year was a completely different player than he ended up being a sophomore year, ended up going lottery whenever he was a borderline like draft pick as a freshman. That's somebody he could get at Louisville. Um, I think that that is more of a testament to his player development. Players like that, uh, junior Nick Richards at Kentucky, who is a co co SEC player of the year, I believe, that couldn't catch a ball as a freshman. That's the type of things that he can do. Um, that's what I would like to see from him at Louisville. Um, he, plus, he's charismatic. He's an alum. But the only question mark is he's never been a head coach, so we don't know how he is at X's and O's. Right. Right. No, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a. For me personally, um, I've almost put the, the X and the O stuff secondary because I, I think you can, you know, hire staff around that. I, I'm starting to come to this point where I guess that I've always looked at it from the perspective of your staff can be the great recruiters and the head coach can be the X and O's guy. But I've almost got to the point where I'm looking at the exact opposite way. I mean, both ways you can be successful. And I, I'm starting to feel like I, I want the the head coach to be the ace recruiter and then the, the staff to be the, the, the action those guys. It's, it's really weird. I, I don't know. Well, KP, he would, he would get a really, like his connections are endless. He's friend. He's really, really good friends with a lot of the most powerful people in basketball. He would assemble a great staff, but my biggest thing is Louisville fans are afraid that he's going to be Penny 2.0 because Penny never coached or was never a head coach, but people got realized too. Kenny was on some great staffs at Oregon, Kentucky. Yeah. He's been in the pros. Penny never coached higher than AAU or high school. I have yeah. about nine, nine DMs from different Louisville fans saying they think that exact same thing. <laughs> No, I, I I was actually going to say that exact thing. It's it's I think it's a little bit unfair to compare him to Penny and uh, no, know, I could see a Jawan Howard comparison possibly. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that that one really well. I mean, the, so far, you know, they're obviously not having a good year this year, but I mean, they just made a final four, so that that is what it is. But I got I got to jump off here, guys. I was just coming into no appreciate appreciate the uh, appreciate all that, Travis. Thank you so much, uh, and, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks a lot. All right, see you guys. Cool, that was great. Um, I think we we had we had someone who was who had requested, and then they hopped down. So we'll, we you know we'll keep it up. Any any thoughts on what Travis had to say, Chris? Any extensions? No, I mean I I think we kind of fall into the same area um, with our line of thinking. I am still kind of I guess working out in my head how I feel about Kenny Payne. I don't think I really got there strongly one way or another. <laughs> uh, it's just an odd place to be when everybody has such a strong opinion about them. But there are there, the only thing I've seen that has leaked out is that Sidney Curry did tweet a picture with the heart yes. emoji, giving the eyes yes. up. Um, so that's something. Uh, go ahead and confirm that Sidney Curry will be back next year. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I, I think my Kenny Payne thing is I'm not I'm not he's by no means I don't think he's my first person. I think I want to ask a few people before we get to that that. But I think I would probably solidly put him in my second group of of, of coaches, kind of behind some of the make him say no and. Um, type folks, and I, I, I'm just willing to hear out his plan. I think is is I, I, it's it's not a hard hard no for me. I'm not saying it's a hard yes, but I, I'm I'm warming up to it for sure. Let's uh, bring up cards and B. I think hopefully this time works out for unmuting. Hey there, hey, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you this time. Um, yeah, no, I tried to hop on about half an hour ago when you guys were talking about what signals we thought um, going back with Chris Mack. Um, where we thought Chris Mack wasn't the guy. For me, it was back. Um, I had to look up the game. It was, I think, the 11th of January in 2020 when we played against Notre Dame in a away game. And, um, you know, at that point, I think we just had one or two losses. I think the Texas Tech and the Kentucky was one of our first ACC games. And that was a game where I think it, for the first time completely exposed where we were with the lack of guard play. And if you go back to that game, um, if you go back to that game, like it, it was really only Ryan McMahon that went off for our guards because that game you had 40 minutes of Lamar Kimball, Darius Perry having seven points combined. And at that point, I, I don't know who it was. I don't know what ESPN analysis was, but he called us out after the game saying this Louisville team doesn't just look like they're ready they look like they have the players they look like they have the talent and at that point i thought it was just a point where coaching might be the problem and we've talked about i think it was like after the miami game about where we thought if it was poor recruiting if it was talent evaluation i think that exposed that because for the first time like you got to realize like in 2013 we got to the championship with guard play and i think that's the that's the uh even with Baylor last year, that's how you're going to get to Final Fours. Not like not just being lucky, but actual talent guard play. And since yeah. Chris Mack hasn't figured that out in four years, I understand that COVID had a lot to do with that. I understand the Super Six didn't pan out, but that has to do with talent evaluation. And COVID had an impact, but also had an impact with every single program. And um, I don't know, that was just the first time where I realized that you know, we might have a coaching problem here. We never got better throughout the season. I think we lost to Georgia Tech away. We lost to Clemson. A lot of poor losses where we were just limping into the ACC tournament. And, and I know some people are saying, well, 
we, we could have gotten to the um you know the second weekend we might have been a four seed a three seed i, I don't know it it didn't look great and honestly i think uh maybe we were a bit fortunate to not see our team in the tournament um obviously for mac by the time he's gone you know we won't have a tournament win but really at the end of the day like you got to look towards if you have a final four team and maybe we've had the talent maybe we haven't but i i'm just i haven't been really seeing any indications it's easier to look back and say well you know i think this because of that but uh, I don't. I don't know how hard it is to coach a program. Um, I, I mean, it's extremely hard, and I'll never find out. I'll never be a college coach. But you, you got to understand, you have big, big expectations, and when you're not performing, the players aren't performing, and the players are going to see you freaking out, and it's going to take a toll on their, on their mental play. And that's been the case all this season. It's been the case from the beginning when you can't coach six games from the start, and um, you know I. <sighs> It seems like he's just been digging himself a bigger hole, and I, I don't know what's to come from it. But um, you know, that's that's all I got to say. But I think it was like Notre Dame game um, a couple of years ago that was the first yeah. indicator. I mean, your your point about guard play is well taken. We've we've talked a ton about that. I mean, if if I had a dream scenario of an assistant coach that I could hire someone um, to assist with whoever the new head coach is, it would be someone that is really, really good with guards. I mean, you look at what's worked so well for Mick Cronin and what's made him viewed as a success is kind of a freak tournament run that was primarily because of Johnny Juzang, who, I mean, is a bit of a hybrid guard, but he's still a guard. And the reason why they've been so successful is because my guy was just so dominant. So, I mean, it, it, it's really cliche to kind of say that with college basketball, but there's absolutely no denying that if you do not have elite guards, you're just not going to be an elite program. You're not going to be able to make your way recruiting guards from Marshall, recruiting guards from Radford, and doing that year in and year out and being successful. I mean, luckily, luckily Mac was able to strike gold with Carly because if it was one yeah. of those situations where it was a Jarrett West – this would this could have been happening last year, right? <clears throat> yeah, no, I completely agree. No, it's it's, it's appreciate appreciate it. Um, I think it's super interesting. Um, you know, we see here all the time. You know, guard play, guard play. We we talked a ton about point guards and, and recruiting. We just did that whole whole shebang. Um, quick before you hop down, cards. What what? Who's your? Who are you interested in? What are the things that you're you're looking for in a coach? What what's your what's your wish list? You know, a couple of years ago, I was you know I was, I just told you I was having worries about Mac back in 2020, and I was thinking that if Billy Donovan had a bad another bad season in, in the NBA, then maybe we could get him to come back. Obviously, that's not the case now. He's doing great with the Bulls. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know what Brad Stevens is is um, how that situation is going to unfold. If the Celtics don't make it back. Um, if the, excuse me, if the Celtics don't make it to the Eastern Conference semifinals, then then maybe that's a conversation there about if the NBA is really right for him, and maybe we can pull him away from that. I I really gotta. I, I'm not the best on picking coaches. I mean, I was I was pro Chris Mack, um, so I'm not the best to ask. But going forward, I, I we really do have to have somebody that has the 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 mentality, obviously the personality. Um, and obviously I think having a big name 
will help because really you got to get fans motivated, put them in the seats at the beginning. And that means getting a strong recruiting class also. So there's a lot that he has to do even before his first game. And I think Louisville's got to value that. That makes sense. Thanks Thanks for hopping on, man. No, I think that all that makes sense. I don't know how feasible. I don't. I don't. You know. I, I don't. I don't think that Brad's gonna 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 come back. Um, but dude, my know. hottest my hottest take. I tweeted it out today. I I don't think Brad Stevens would be this terrific college basketball coach if he came back. Like I, I truly don't. I, I think people overvalue what he did. Yeah. college yes he was really good at butler but that was a match made in heaven and that was a kind of a lightning in a bottle thing for me i think brad stevens is a wonderful x and o basketball coach but there's absolutely no guarantee if he ever came back to college which i don't think he is that it would be yeah. super successful the infatuation with him is just it's wild man like, it, it has permeated this area so much. I don't know if they do this in Duke and North Carolina, but Indiana, Louisville, and even Kentucky to some degree have this fascination with, with Brad Stevens, and it's very, very funny. I've heard I've heard folks like Titus and Tate like joke that like Brad Stevens could take over after Coach K left, and I think that it's like 90 90- you know, seventy five percent joking, um, but I'm sure there were a few people like, oh, you know, we'll just we'll go get you know we'll go get Brad Brad Stevens and it'd be no issue. But I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. It, it, it it's it is weird. It's 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 kind of odd. Um, well, Chris, we you know we've been going out this for an hour. If anyone wants to hop up and 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 kind of give thoughts, but I think you know I think this has been a, been a good time. And and um, let's uh, let's kind of reset our attributes here and what we're looking for. Uh, We kind of went on record already a few minutes ago, but I think for both of us, we're looking for a big personality here at Louisville, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be a person that's um, that's audacious, that's outgoing, that's uh, that 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 is is willing to step up to the job. It is they 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 can't be complaining about doing the extracurriculars, which I think was a big pitfall for for Chris Mack. It has to be someone first and foremost on that. And you know, kind of number two, you know, we, you've said it a, a way more than I have, but I'm I'm with you. It has to be someone that has recruiting chops. Has to be someone that's able to navigate 2022, navigate NIL, um, get you know, convert on on recruiting talent and uh, convince high level talent. Even even as we're kind of you know still in this weird NCAA zone that you know they want uh, you know Louisville basketball is the place for them and Louisville basketball is a, is, is a great opportunity. I would love to see you know high level like you know like Travis said like two the the two year talent the two or three year development not necessarily the top fives the top tens but I would love to see folks who we know are going to be in, in NBA talents just need a little bit more shine you know make you their way to the, Louisville. The perfect scenarios is you want. 20 Donovan Mitchell. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. 20 Gorgie, 20 Gorgie James, things like that. Um, Something we haven't mentioned that I do think is a little important here is that I I also think Louisville needs a guy that identifies with the city of Louisville. Yes. Yes. That wasn't Mac. Yeah. And and that's and that's hard. I mean, I mean, I think I think that's a big you know big thing for for Kenny Payne and you know we're, we're you know it has to be someone you I know you've mentioned um, you've mentioned Calvin Sampson a lot, but what he's done in terms of identifying with Houston 
and and bringing you know kind of kind of giving them an identity we talked about culture last night it has yeah, to be I someone mean, that that's willing to embrace all parts of the city chris all parts of the city not just the people who sit in the lower bowl um but the rich <laughs> basketball history of this of of this program and, and we, that, we, that that doesn't just that doesn't just go out from 65 east to the to the gene snyder you know we joke about you know you said last night that man Louisville's just got to hire someone that presses and then we, we laugh about that and that's funny because obviously there's there's not really many college basketball teams that are pressing the way Rupertino teams press anymore we we went through the list last night it's like dcu and maybe Iowa to a certain extent, um, LSU, but that's neither here nor there. It's kind of a funny thing to, to to joke about. But I do would like, in a perfect world, to have a coach where there is some type of calling card, and it's not this pack line defense that doesn't really work. Maybe it's like you know Chris Beard and, and Scott Drew. They play a no middle defense. You actually know what they're going to bring every game. That is what follows them. That's the identity of their program. For Gonzaga, it's almost turned into offensive you. You know they're going to put up 90, 100 points against you, and it's going to be up for you to stop them. For Iowa, it's kind of the same thing. They have that identity of who they are. I would like that at the University of Lowell to have a stylistic calling card that everyone in the country knows about. I, I agree. If there if there is if if there is something that I want from the Rupertino era is is you, we know what your identity is. We what identity did Chris Mack teams have? We we didn't have one, and yeah. and we hundred percent from to. season to season and game to game. Hundred percent have to have one. Couldn't couldn't agree there more with you. Any any other any other attributes? Any anything any less? No man, uh, we, we've we've done a good job here. Um, I think so too. I appreciate everyone list, hopping in. I, tweeted out my list today it's mike boyden bruce pearl kenny Payne. um those are probably my my top three right now yeah i think i i need to i need to hone i i'm I, i'm i'm like the the one I'm a, name I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big no to nato's by the way I, I'm good. I'm good on Nate Oates. I think I had a good conversation with an with an Alabama guy. I think I'm good. I think I'm with with my buddy who who lives down there and's been to a few games. Um, I think I'm good on Nate Oates. Um, I think I'm good on Musselman. Uh, I'm, I'm leaning towards I'm good on Musselman. Um, uh, I, I I don't know. For, for some reason, for some reason, I come back to Dan Hurley. I know that's I'm going to get laughed at for that. I've come to it a few times. I don't hate it. I don't, I don't think it's terrible either. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, there's going to be plenty of time to do all this. I'm sure news is going to come out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you're listening here on the on the spaces, you're listening at home. We appreciate you. There will be more to come. We get two months of this. As as I joked last night, you know, we get to be the courtside people watching people audition for this job. And, And do not do not let a Kentucky fan or anyone otherwise kid yourself. Someone is going to want this job. Someone very talented is going to want this job. And um, I, I think once we have that person on the hook, the, the, the wallet will open to, to give them what they need. Cause Louisville basketball, you can, you know, I was listening to Sam Vecini, um, who, you know, we, who lives in Australia, but does a ton of player development stuff for an, an NBA draft stuff for the athletic. And he said, he said, and I, I, I almost tweeted it out, but it was like 1am. Um, he said, 
you know, we'll, you can be the best program in college basketball, the most consistent program in college basketball at Louisville. He 100% believed that. And it's kind of controversial. That's kind of crazy to think about. But I think as Louisville fans, we got we to gotta act like that. You know, with, with the right setup, once the NCAA is gone, I think we can get there. Shout out, Scott Satterfield. <laughs> the survivor. Survivor sat. What a guy. Um, we'll, we'll come with our full report from this weekend's, um, this weekend's uh, visits. And, and, uh, <laughs> this, this huge, massive recruit. We'll, we'll tweet out every single person that's a five, four, or a three star and, and what, what their potentials are. And uh, look forward to talking about that next week. But thanks again, everyone. Thanks, Chris, as always. Later.